Hey everybody, it's Charles from HumbleMechanic.com and today we're talking about how they make ASE tests. This is episode 11 of the Humble Mechanic Podcast. This episode goes way back to the end of October of 2014 and in this show I am actually headed home from a test writing session at the ASE headquarters. I had the opportunity to head up to ASE headquarters and participate in the A7 test writing session the A7 test is the air conditioning test that mechanics don't have to pass, but in order to become a fully ASE certified ASE master technician, it is one of the tests we have to pass. This was my first time doing anything like this, being in this kind of environment, being around people of this caliber and writing a test. It's funny looking back now, little did I realize I would be standing in a classroom teaching automotive repair. Hey, before we get into the show, if you like these audio podcasts as well as the videos that I do on YouTube and want to help to support the show and get a great return on that investment, check out the crew membership program. The crew membership is built so that you get exclusive content from me and discounts to places like Black Forest Industries, Eastwood, Sonic Tools, S&P Automotive, Adams Polishes, and more. If you guys are buying things in those spaces, you have a great opportunity to not only get your money back, but actually make money on being a crew member. And that's actually exactly how I designed the program to be. In addition to that, you have access to the VW Audi training manuals that we build for the VW Audi classes that we teach. Those are available on download and if you're a crew member, they are in your crew member garage section. And of course, I'm always working hard to add more discounts for you guys. If that's not your flavor, you can also throw some support on Patreon or use my Amazon link. You simply click the link, buy whatever you were going to buy, automotive related or not, and I get a little credit for your purchase. All right, so with that wrapped up, we are going to join me from about three years ago, traveling south on I-95 in my 05 Passat talking ASE test writing. I kind of want to walk you guys through the process of, of what happens and how how this whole writing ASE tests work. Um, I did a video, well, it probably would have been last week. This video is probably going to drop on either Sunday or Monday. So depending on what day this drops will depend on my relevance of the other day. But um, just kind of talking about the early process, but now I want to walk you guys through exactly how these tests get made. And it's... Uh, it's a really cool process. It's a lot more in-depth and involved than uh, I know I ever really gave it credit for, and I think more than most technicians would, even ones that, you know, are have taken the tests a bunch of times. But um, so I get up here on Monday. The first day of the, uh, the workshop was Tuesday, and uh, I had mentioned before we were doing the A7 test, which is air conditioning, so heating, air conditioning, um, electronic controls for automatic controlled air conditioning, electronic controls for not fully automatic air conditioning, uh, and that sort of thing. I think there was about 12 of us in the room, a um, couple of people from manufacturers, uh, Toyota, Honda, Subaru, who's that other guy from? Chrysler, um, Chrysler Fiat. They were all there, as well as some aftermarket company folks from Gates and Max, and a couple local, semi-local guys, an instructor at one of the local colleges or training centers. I didn't, don't recall all the information. 
And then a couple guys like me that are just techs turning wrenches every day, which is kind of cool. Um, it's neat. So we sit in this room and basically we go over what's called the task list. And the task list is basically just that. It's a list of things that a technician's expected to know and would need to know in order to be successful on these tests. Um, so day one, we hammer through that. That was actually pretty fun and engaging. I had a good time with that. You know, nitpicking, nitpicking what we're doing, what we're talking about, defining certain things, um, trying to be as generic and, and open as possible. The, the, uh, the term they used, if we think about what we're doing on the test, is a 30,000 foot view of, of subject matter. So it's big, broad range of subject matter. Day two, we come back. Um, ASE took us out for a really rockin' dinner, which was cool. Day two, we come back and we actually write test questions. And these questions come from basically any, any type of automotive documentation or experience or, you know, whatever that the pool of us have uh, access to. So a lot of my stuff came from like rutan wiring diagrams or technical service bulletins or, um, you know, just some experience that I've had. And I'll tell you, it's tough. It's tough as a dealer tech because we live in such, you know, such a narrow, narrow band of the automotive world that uh, it's hard to write questions that aren't 100% based in the world that I live in. So, you know, I feel like if it were a Volkswagen thing, I might have had a little bit more success. But um, the truth is, guys, you know, writing test questions that aren't, you know, ridiculously hard to where, you know, you'd have to be a really high-level technician to, to work the problem out or almost like a gimme, um, easy answer is tough. It's, it's really tough. But um, so anyway, we, we spend the morning writing questions. You know, they give you a uh, sort of a, a worksheet to, to work on and, um, you know, an outline of what they want the question to look like. There's a few things that the question has to have in it. A lot of terms to avoid, like what's the best answer or uh, something may, may be this or may be that. You know, we had to be very definitive in both the question that we ask and the answers that we give because you obviously don't want two correct answers unless it's um, one of those tech A, tech, tech B type questions. But uh, so we spend the morning writing questions, which is, again, very, very challenging, at least for me. And I think everybody was kind of struggling getting their, their foot, you know, foothold, so to say. There was a few people that had been there before, so, so they knew kind of the protocol. But I know for me, it was, it was very challenging. It was very much outside of my comfort zone um, in a good way. That, that, I think that was a good thing for me. But um, so after we write all the questions, uh, they enter them in, they print them out, the gal that does that must type like a million and a half words a minute. But um, they, so they print out the booklet of all the questions that we wrote. I think it was like 25 questions. And then as a group, we go over them. You know, we put them up on the board and uh, read the question, dissect the question, dissect the verbiage of the question, dissect the answers of the question, and make sure that one, what the question's asking is clear. Um, 
you know, any, any, you really can't leave anything open to accurate interpretation. The only interpretation you can leave a question open to is inaccurate interpretation. But uh, it has to be clear, concise. They probably use another C just for the sake of having three C's. But uh, it, it has to be very clear, very concise. Obviously, one correct answer, unless you're a tech A, tech B type question. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the way a tech A, tech B type question would read would be something like, Technician A says that um, the thermostat is an important part of the cooling system. And then Tech B might say uh, an inoperative cooling fan can cause uh, an air conditioning problem. Who's right? So it, the answers would be Technician A would be right, Technician B would be right. Both of them are right, or neither of them are right. Which, quick tip, I found out when you're taking these tests, Tech A and Tech B don't argue. So just a little hint for, uh, for sort of dissecting the, the test a little bit. But so we write these questions, we review these questions. The good questions get, you know, starred. The bad questions almost basically get kicked out. Um, and that's step one. So we go through that. Um, that was pretty much all day yesterday. I think I, I did a little bit better after lunch after I sort of figured out what I wanted to do it's hard working in the Volkswagen world especially in a wiring diagram situation because you need to fit it all in you know one little square and uh, if you've ever looked at a Volkswagen wire, wiring diagram you know we don't have a whole lot that comes in one little square segments a lot of its multiple pages multiple connections and and you know I thought some of that would be a disadvantage for somebody that wasn't familiar with uh, reading German wiring diagrams but um, so that wrapped up that day you know again it was mostly all that all day we come back in and that would be this morning today's what the hell day is today today's Thursday the 23rd of October uh, so we came back in today wrote more test questions went back through and went over the test questions, you know, really, really spent like 10 minutes a question going over the answer, going over how, how it sounds, what information is important, does the question need more information, does the question need less information, are you throwing, um, you know, information that can be interpreted inaccurately into a question, you know, they, they will put information that you may not need in the in the question but it's you know you can't have the the question contradicting itself almost just like the tech a tech b won't ever argue but um so we did that again today go over the questions and man these guys some of these dudes whoo they were nitpicking every word and and it's good you know you want to you want to put a good product out so um i think that scrutiny was well deserved and um after we sort of wrapped up that for lunch we went into another conference room where they actually showed how they make the test itself and the test now is all done on computer you know it used to be like a scantron sheet that you would fill in the the little bubble with your number two pencil um and they basically put the question on a note card like a i don't know it was probably seven by nine or six by eight note card and uh, they put the question on there. They track when it was used, on what um, 
what administration version it was used. So every time there's a test administered, it's assigned a test number. So like this certain question would have been used on, you know, administration 84, 82, 70, 15, 35. They track all that. Uh, they also track how many people got it right. They track what people answered to the question. Um, they track, they break it up into percentages. Um, you know, the top X percentage answered this, the bottom X percentage answered this, you know, percentage of pass of the whole test. Um, and then the middle answered this. And they can really, really target how well uh, that specific question is at determining whether or not the it does a good job of deciding if the technician taking the test and answering each specific question is competent in that area. So, you know, I, I'd, it's funny, I'd always pictured just a room full of jerks sitting around writing question, questions just to, you know, tick technicians off or screw with them or make them feel stupid. And it's, you know, I was there, so there was at least one jerk in the room, but um, it's really quite the opposite. It's it's industry people really wanting to, one, challenge technicians, but two, make sure they, they know what they're talking about. Um, you know, these, ugh, sorry about the extra noise, we're on a graded road here for a little bit. Um, if these tests were easy, everybody would take them. And, you know, ASE needs to have some sort of reputable product to put out there. Otherwise, you know, what's an ASE certification worth? It's not worth anything. Um, we can have the argument of it's not applicable in some places, but uh, you know, let's shelve all that for now. Because I assume manufacturers do about the same thing or turn to ASE for, for their style of writing. But anyway, so they, they have the cards with the questions, all the tracking information is on them. Um, they sort of use a, uh, like a pizza, it, they call it a pie slice, but you know, there's a certain percentage of questions are middle of the road in difficulty, and then it kind of works out, you know, there'll be a little less in the really hard, in the hard, next hard category, a little less one level harder than that, and then the hardest questions they put the least of. And then for the easier ones, it does the same thing. They'll be the, the really, the really like middle of the road question will have the most, then the next easiest will have less, next easiest will have less, and then the most easy questions on the test will have the least amount. Similar to the hardest questions will have the least amount. So they're trying to get a very average level of difficulty, but still mix in some easy ones some hard ones, you know. Some technicians may pick up on the hard question no problem, but struggle with the easy one. You never know. Um, well, they know because they track everything. And uh, it's, it's a really cool process. It's, um, again, something that I never, 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 never thought could ever have as much go into it that it does. And then, you know, the, the level of difficulty did range from something that I read, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds good, to I have no idea what some of these words even mean, because it's built for the industry, not specifically for, you know, the world that I live in, which, again, is kind of a narrow, narrow band. So after we do our whole process, and, and that ended this afternoon, um, these tests get rewritten, and they have illustrators to make re the really cool pictures that you get to see. 
Um, they get proofread and spell checked and proofread and spell checked. Um, they get pre-tested. They get checked over and over. Pretty much every time the test question gets used, it gets evaluated again to make sure that it's relevant. Um, we're trying to move away from a lot of vacuum controlled stuff, which I think a lot of the guys at the dealership use as a reason not to do ASE uh, is because they feel like it applies mostly to the domestic market or to cars that they don't work on. You know, the oldest car we commonly see in the dealership now is, gosh, oh, five, maybe oh, six, you know, 10, 10 to 12 years old is about the, the normal average. So we don't, we don't see a ton of, a ton of old stuff. So like on Volkswagen tests, asking things about air-cooled stuff is completely irrelevant because, you know, the, the only air-cooled that I've ever seen other than one at my dealership was things that came off, you know, from the showroom that we worked on. So these tests will get, you know, they'll get checked and rewritten and the questions will get moved around and multiple people take, take the test or answer the question and make sure that it is a legitimate question, it has a good answer, it meets all the criteria of their, you know, what ASC requires for a question before it even goes to a pretest level. And then it goes to a pretest level. And if it tests well in that, it does a good job of um, determining whether the technician knows that particular task, then it makes it onto the ASC test, which is pretty cool. You know, it's cool to think that a, a question that I wrote might wind up on a ASC test in, in a few years because this process takes a while. So anyway, guys, if you have ever wondered exactly how an ASC test get written, now you know. They're written by people in the industry, not just a room full of jerks trying to... <laughs> trying to make your life miserable. All right, let's wrap it up there. If you guys have questions or comments, you know what to do. Hey, you know what? If you're digging the show, do me a favor and throw a review on iTunes. If you want to give it one star, that's cool. I like the five-star version better. Either way, I appreciate your feedback. Don't forget, on Mondays are when the brand new episodes of the show come out. All of the rest of the week is going to be the older episodes going back in time until we get all the way caught up. With that, I hope you guys are digging the audio-only versions. It's been a lot of fun going back and listening to these old shows, checking them out. And I'm doing very little editing on these older podcasts. So it's kind of funny to hear the old, old, old stuff and then how the show has evolved over the years in both quality of equipment and quality of Charles. So guys, thanks so much for listening and I'll see you again next time.